0: In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Pain Ed with Torlando. In this episode, Torlando talks with Dane Sanders about being burnt out at the end of the season and what can be done to deal with the stresses of being a business owner and a hard worker. This episode is sponsored by Bayer and Federated Insurance.
1: Welcome to Paint Ed, my name is Torlando, I am your host Guys, I am so glad to be here today Um, I've got a phenomenal guest Uh, I I gotta say, I'm honestly kind of impressed with myself By being able to land such a a rock star Uh, Dane Sanders is on the show from Tell Me Your Dreams Um, Before we get into the show uh, I just want to say that, you know, this time of year is an interesting time of year Um, some of you might be experiencing, um, maybe you're experiencing some burnout you know we're a little bit late in the season right we're getting towards um, you know towards uh, what is it? September October fall ish right this is a time where uh, your people have been working overtime they've been working weekends they're playing catch-up now Uh, they're catching up from from rainy days and and pent-up work and everybody's trying to get stuff done and I Imagine that some of your team members are feeling the stress. Imagine that you're feeling the stress. And I want you to know that we are here for you. We're here for your team, the whole PCA community. If you go to uh, Facebook and look up the paint ed group, there is a community of people who know what you are going through. They are doing it all across the country, varying levels of, you know, number of employees and, and, uh, and business sizes. Um, there's going to be somebody who's been there with you. And I got to tell you the, uh, one of the cool things about the PCA is that we have the ask a Peer sessions. And, uh, this is, there are a few of us who are ask a peer mentors. I'm one of them. And if you go to Hakes.Digital, you can actually, uh, sign up for a session with me and have a quick conversation. Um, I had a conversation with a, with a woman, um, the other day, um, and you know, gosh, are we all feeling this? It's a lot to handle. You know, running a business is really difficult and, uh, it's really helpful to have somebody in your corner. Um, if you want to watch this episode on... Uh, video we have see overdrive which is kind of our uh version of netflix where we have 500 plus hours of video content it's 5.99 a month or it's free with your membership go to pcapaint.org to download it or find it in the app store so this issue of, of burnout um, a lot of times i found that it, when when i was feeling the most burnout it was a lot of things. It was people um, in my team um, also getting exhausted and, you know, feelings and emotions starting to rise. But then there's stuff going at home sometimes that causes those things to rise. And and customers are, are really difficult. And it's really easy to kind of fall into these traps of Uh, a a toxic work environment hostile where you're no longer running in the same lane you're no longer congruent and you're just you're starting to to butt heads a little bit uh i've seen it i have felt it i've experienced it and there is an answer And I'm really excited to bring on our guest today because, um, uh, he, he has this unique way of combining philosophy and business and entrepreneurship. And, you know, he's, and he's friends with some of these really great minds in business like Seth Godin and Donald Miller and, you know, the, the collective energy and inspiration that that is going to come through in this uh, conversation today. I'm really excited about it. Let's Let's go ahead and invite Dane Sanders to the show hey Dane welcome to paint Ed Orlando I'm so
2: pleased to be here thank you so much for having me on
1: yeah this is uh th- well the pleasure is all mine um honestly so you know at the at the top of the show I you know mentioned this idea that um teams right now this is this time of year especially people are Prone to burnout, they're prone to really hard conversations. Prone to saying things that they usually wouldn't say to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Why? Why? Do, why is it always so hard to kind of keep things, you know, together when things are getting so tough like this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so much of life
2: is a combination of of challenge. Like things come in our way, and. Um, support that we have the right kind of stuff to get through those challenges. And, and we live in a difficult kind of world. Uh, there's a lot all the time. And in that there's um, the reality of every day we wake up, every one of us, uh, we're the protagonist in our own story. Uh, you know, our, our feet hit the ground and we're wondering, uh, okay, what's this day going to bring? And you might've had great plans. Maybe you, you even got to sleep good last night and you wake up and you're going to get after it. And like, all it takes is one email or, you know, one sick kid or yeah. one guy that doesn't show up in the job or whatever. And all of a sudden it just feels like, man, this day was going to be great. And now it isn't. And then you get discouraged and you have, you don't have much fuel in the tank and uh, you're fatigued and, and you go sideways. But the, the worst part, worse than going sideways, because that's just normal, right? Life is hard. But yeah. what's even worse is when you don't even realize what's happening when you just feel like mm. you're a victim to the, to all the things that are kind of flying your way. And, um, and when people are kind of asleep at the wheel and they're depleted, they don't have much in the tank. It's a bad combination. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's, it makes sense. And the, the antidote is pretty obvious, right? It's like, well, get fuel in the tank, you know, get it, get into a position of strength, stay awake, but that's more complicated than it appears. Um, and and we're going to have a great, a great opportunity to talk about that today. I'm really excited.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think that it's, it, what's difficult about it is that I, I think, especially in the business world as, as business owners, um, there's so much opportunity for things to take from you, uh, you know, customers, take from your energy, employees take from your energy. You come home and you got to switch into parent mode. You got to switch into, you know, husband or wife mode. And there's, there's sometimes just not a lot of give or get as a, as a business owner. And it can be so consuming that you tend to forget, you know, that there is a you, that there is a person who is not your business uh that that needs attention and needs feeding and it's just incredibly difficult i mean why how do we get out of this you know how do we how do we get yeah. things back to you know coming around so that we're feeling good things are firing all cylinders we're not you know assuming that you know that somebody's going to just say something that you know that somebody's going to bring bad news like it, it, we just get kind of in this cycle of like assuming the worst is about to happen right we do. It's ironic though, because I actually think that's a good, a good um, strategy is to
2: assume that things are going to come difficult, that, that they're, that I think a lot of folks, here's what actually happens. If you ask kind of anyone on the street, how their day's going, um, mm-hmm. listen to their answer carefully, because what they'll probably describe is um, uh, bad client uh, parking ticket Bad news for doctor. That means bad day, right? Mm-hmm. And good yeah. day is, I got the face, uh, she said yes, and um, I can't believe I got that parking spot. Like that's what a good day. Yeah. is. So yeah. just notice, both the bad day and the good day had nothing to do with anything that that person did. Mm. They got lucky. They won the lottery that day and they called it a good day. And they're actually mm-hmm. living their whole life in the hopes that that if they if. If they get lucky, if they get in like Seth Godin language, if you get picked, I think Seth has guided all of us to suggest, no, 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 there's things you need to pick. You you. And if you don't pick you and you're waiting for other people to pick you or to have things go your way all the time, um, when it does, you're going to have a false sense of confidence that, you know, you're doing awesome. You just got lucky that day. But right. there actually yeah. are things that you can do every single 24 hours that puts yourself in a position of strength, anticipating the difficulties. Um, A complex world. Uh, I call it the whirlwind of being human. And um, there's this great Norwegian uh, uh, proverb that says, there is no bad weather, there's only bad clothes. And there is a Mm, lot of people... mm -hmm. Who, who get mad at the weather when it's like, dude, you knew this was coming. Yeah. You just didn't hear back about it. And that's kind of sleep. They don't, they're hoping for a good day. And anticipated that it might be stormy out, they might actually have a great day out in the storm because they were
1: prepared for it. Yeah. You know, that, that reminds me, uh, you know, a few years ago, I was, um, you know, for some reason I got the camping bug. I, I'd never liked camping before. In fact, if you asked me, I would say, I I hate it. I it's who would ever want to sleep out outside. Um, it's, it's the worst. And, and for some reason I stumbled upon these, uh, YouTube videos of a guy who would go out, um, bushcrafting, which is like this kind of a, especially raw style of, (laughs) of camping, you know, he goes out and builds his own shelters and stuff like this. And, uh, they were just these kind of, there were long videos an hour two hours long and and he'd just go out there in the snow and they, it didn't matter and there was just something really like serene and peaceful about yes. it Yes. And I, and I just was like, okay, I think I actually get it. Like, I think I understand the appeal. And so I reached out to a friend of mine and I said, okay, I, I want to figure out camping. I I don't want to hate it my whole life. Um, I, I have a lot of friends who like camping. I have, I mean, kind of in this culture of people who, who like camping. So I got to figure this out. What is the key? And he was like, it's, it's all about the gear. You have to have the right gear. You have to have the right clothes. Right. Like if you're, right. if you're, if you're cold at night um, you know, there are certain fabrics that you should be wearing or not be wearing that is going to impact that if it's raining, you know, there's, there's stuff that you're supposed to do. And I remember learning kind of hearing this uh, metaphor with it, where, you know, the, the rain jackets that you wear for hiking, um, they don't keep the rain out necessarily. They don't keep you dry and you would think that they're supposed to keep you dry, but that's, that's not really what they do. The, what they do is they actually keep you warm and yeah, insulated, they keep you warm. And, and so the, the idea is that, you know, the rain is going to happen, the, you know, that, that external thing is going to happen. But if you're able to control the internal, if you're able to control what you're doing, what's happening to you, then you can actually get through it. And I, and I right. think that that is such a, a a critical metaphor for business. Um, you know, customers are going to complain, we know that. Employees are going to have issues, we know that. That's happening to all of us. But how are we as individuals prepared to to handle that?
2: Yeah, yeah, and and which begs the question, right? So how how do you do that? And and I. I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk through some really specific things. but even even before that moment, even before like, okay, so what do I do with it? I realize I have a problem. A lot of folks don't even realize they have a problem. They yeah. literally are kind of they're sleepwalking and mm-hmm. uh, or they're they're living under they're relating with their work or their people or their family or whatever, whatever in a way that's unconscious. And yeah. as a result of that lack of conscious self-awareness, they are, creating drama when they just don't need it. Uh, and, yeah. and in some cases they're just mimicking culture. They've watched a little too much reality television. They think this <laughs> sure. is just the way life ought to be. And, and they, they're kind of creating drama maybe to entertain themselves, even if they don't, they don't enjoy the process. And it's, I think, it's they, get,
1: I think they get sucked in, you know, I, I, no. another metaphor that I kind of think about, uh, you know, is, is like, you have these people who are just kind of wallowing in the mud. And instead of staying on the shore, you, you go in with them, you know, you go down in them, you tangle with it. Now you're both dirty and realize it's like, you're just so muddy and dirty that you don't realize that you're just so easily sucked in. And I think what, you know, what you're getting at here is that we have to have this wake up moment where we realize I got to stay on the shore and not go in and, and tussle around with this. I got to stay on the shore. So, so how do we get to that point? How do we wake up from this, you know, from this state that we're in?
2: Well, first what you do is you remove the cat from the equation. One second.
1: For our listeners, there's a a cat that just, you know, conveniently jumped in front of the the camera, which is what cats do. And it's what they do. They're so gifted. (laughs) Um, So, so
2: how do you wake up? That's a great question. That is a great question, especially if you don't think you're asleep. So I think, I think the first, if you're listening right now for the, you know, and you're wondering like, yeah, I wonder how those other people who are uh, asleep would wake up. Consider the possibility that we're talking to you. Consider Mm -hmm. the possibility that you actually might be the one who's sleepwalking. Not like you are, like it's a matter of fact, or it's bad or wrong or broken. Just like entertain the possibility that there might be more going on than you think there is. And just sit in that for a second. And for a lot of people, that's kind of enough. Then they go, oh, wait, I am kind of sleepwalking. And what is going on? For other folks, um, and I'm one of these other folks, I actually, I build into my life uh, mechanisms to wake me up every 24 hours. And within every 24 hours, I have mechanisms to wake me up in the morning I have mechanisms to wake me up in the middle of the day and I have mechanisms to wake me up before I go to bed. And that might sound kind of funny waking up before you go to bed. But my point, my point is I'm bringing intentional good habits and routines and practices to help me, help me be in my body to be present. I have a friend and a mentor who likes to talk about people's tendency to get lost in the past or future trip, or like literally, like trip, like a drug, like make up a future reality as if it's true right now. When in reality, in right now, it's not. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, you get a bill that's due in a month and you're freaked out about it, and it, it should cause concern. But at this moment, your belly's full, you got a roof over your head. It probably won't mm-hmm. play out the th- way that you're fearful it it will. That's that's yeah. what I mean by waking up. Just becoming conscious of like what is, what are the things that are pulling me around in different directions. So what I do is I I actually do it in my body. I actually wake up every morning. I have a a very regimented routine on what I do. When I first wake up, I I floss my teeth before I go pee. Mm -hmm. And that might sound like ridiculous, but like literally flossing my teeth changed my life. I decided one day, took a page from James Clear, and I said, look, I'm going to floss my teeth before I empty my bladder every day. And I instantly became...
1: A floss, yeah. Little Um, habit, little (laughs) habit stacking. (laughs) Little habit stack,
2: habit (laughs) hack, habit sequence, and and that was that's where it began. And then from there, it was like, then I drink a glass of water, then I stretch a little bit, and then I um I have a little stretching routine. takes like just a few moments. Um, and then I'm into some other quieter things. Like I I actually I pray, I read my Bible. I um I have a list of people I pray for. I have a psalm that I wrote myself uh, for my own life. Mm -hmm. Um, I hold my breath Wim Hof style and uh go through a routine where i hold my breath between two to three minutes um and that has an amazing reset of my central nervous system yeah um and then and then i go work out and like that little sequence doesn't take very long but i tell you what every it's like groundhog's day and then now i also recognize the drift right? so i get I, you know, get pulled into whatever and drama's here and drama's there and stuff happens and bad news. And just a couple of days ago, we had a, uh, our basement, uh, bathroom had a issue and sewer and stuff and, ugh, and all of a sudden yeah. I'm, I'm literally in the muck of life and, um, that can draw tr- me off course. So every midday I have another routine that kind of, it's grounded. And then before I go to bed, I the whole thing where I'm, I unplug, and I bend my phone from my bed, and I get myself mm. into a place where I'm going to get the best possible sleep that I can because I know what's going to be asked of me tomorrow is a lot. And as a result yeah. of those things, what I gain, and this is the kicker, is I gain is agency. I gain autonomy. Yeah. I gain a sense of governing myself. I can control all the variables I've described, matter what. And because of that, even if something routine. I don't get mad at them. I just hit pause in my routine, take care of them and then get back to my routine. But my routine is, right. it's, it's an immovable object. It, it has to exist. And the whole purpose of the routine is to gain agency and to wake up. And when I do yeah. that consistently, Oh my gosh, my lo- I flourish even when life is terrible.
1: Yeah. Horrible. I, I really admire that. I, and I admire that from a position of, um wondering how on earth I could do it myself. I <laughs> I find myself being very resistant to routine. And mm-hmm. you know, I I try to establish, you know, certain routines and I try to get into new habits and and I feel like I'm always overcomplicating them to the degree that mm-hmm. they're not sustainable for very long. <laughs> I don't know, but, but what I, what is resonating with me more than anything is this idea of taking pause, you know, this idea of, um, getting, um, understanding what is your locus of control and saying, okay, there are these things that are external that are happening to me. And, um, I'm not going to let those control me per se. I mean, maybe I'm going to respond to them, but only for, for so long before i reset and recenter my focus and 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 gain control and gain clarity i think that for a lot of business owner that would that would resonate because i mean we're business owners there's a there's a reason why we don't want you know employers controlling us we want <laughs> we want to be the ones that control um but i but i would say that you know what's what's genius about this is that it's starting with that control of self right yeah well,
2: and I think if, if, if we were to survey, let me know. But, um, the, the reality is we are pulled in a lot of different directions all the time. And in that there's going to be some degree of like, if I, if I look at your life, if I was a Martian, I came down and just videotaped your life as you woke up, you have a routine, you have habits, mm. right? And, the question is, does your habits they actually do you or do they, um, do they encourage self-governance or give it away or other things? And it's really a matter of just deciding which which ones I'm going to go with uh, first. And the second thing I'd say is there is such a temptation, such a temptation to think, oh, I have good habits and then I have work. And But the truth is, if they're still competing on the same level, it's not what I'm talking about. You're doing it wrong. What I'm talking about is like, think about all the things that compete for your time and energy in your life. They're all external to you, okay. Mm-hmm. And as those things are competing, there's a deeper uh, game going on. Bigger game that actually it's more like applications on the computer and the operating system. The operating system is movable. You don't can't run any applications without the operating system. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is establish your operating system as the immovable object. It's my operating system mm-hmm. this is going to sound crazy. It's more important than my relationship with my wife. It's more important than the relationship with my job. It's more important than the most important client. If if I got a call from Barack Obama and he wanted to have lunch, my operating system is more important than Barack Obama. pick them on that. Steph goes and one lunch for Seth Godin. Oh my gosh. How is yeah. that possible? Well, it's because I know if I had a chance to be with Seth Godin, I want to be at my best. I want to be yeah. tuned up. And right. and not just that, or if I want to be there for my wife or my kids, or even my God, for goodness sakes, I want to show up in a way where I'm ready. Yeah. And tragically, people show up, you know, prepared. And then they don't they're getting discouraged. And it makes sense. They did the first thing first
1: yeah yeah that that makes a lot of sense and in that that idea of having a personal operating system um, is a, is again something that's resonating with me I you know I think that we uh, we read a lot about having operating systems for our business and and putting these systems in place for the business but I think as business owners the biggest challenge is that uh, you know you know as as much as we want, to be in control of ourselves and, and of our employment, um, you know, because we don't have that top, you know, and accountability. Um, there, we really we really have to be accountable to ourselves, and that kind of sits in opposition to the fact that, well, as business owners, we want freedom as well. Like that's part of why we uh, are doing this is because we want that freedom. Um, and, and I think that if we're not disciplined as business owners, and I think that, and really I've been more and more believing this, if we think that the point of business is to be able to have a system that allows us to go on vacation all day, uh, and all year, then, then we might be missing, uh, we might yes. be missing something special. And, and I think that that comes back to what we have. The impact that we could be having on our team. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so getting back to you know the team element and and you know so we've kind of woken up from this slumber of just having everything happening to us. We're gaining control of, of ourselves yeah. now. How do we bring that energy to to help our team kind of turn around and help our team have a, a better, um, healthier dynamic? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so a helpful way to think about this is to think about two easy categories. The first one is the category of individual. We're talking about this. You pick up an individual, you have a life, you want to go make it happen. Good for you at any level, whether you're owning a company, you work for a company, whatever. Um, but there's also another dynamic, which is called the collective, which is a group of individuals who come together for a common cause. And in an organization, you know, we have things like mission statements and our, we have a, we have a, we want our people who are working for the organization, you're paying a good money. You want them to be all in. On the mission. And maybe even if you're being really honest, you want them to be disproportionately committed to the mission of the organization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, here's, here's the, here's the trick. Are you disproportionately committed to the dreams of the individual who work for you? Do you even know what the dreams are of the right. individuals who work for you? And in most cases, it's it, we don't think we need to because we pay them money, the transaction. We give them money to give us their talent, and that's a transaction that's wrong. I'm saying you're not going to get their heart just because you have their talent and time, right? They don't come together. You're not paying for their wholeheartedness, right? And so much of the dynamics you're describing that you talked about at the beginning of the show uh, are really—they're not the problem. They're the symptoms, and the symptoms are pointing to a bigger problem, which is individuals' hearts are not aligned. You're asking for them to care about your, but you're not caring about their dreams. And when companies do that, when companies are just as concerned. They actually create space, just like you'd create space for yourself to slow down. You create companies create space for the people to get curious about what they want and need to not just survive, but thrive. What happens is it triggers something very deep inside of them. They feel like they belong, they feel seen, they feel cared for at any level. You pay more money to do this, you just have to care. Yeah. Really, the company. And all of a sudden, both parts are attaching to the mission. Right. Not because of the mission, but because they were attached to first, and I think that's what exceptional organizations do: is they they first wake up yeah. individually, collectively. Second, they they look for uh, they go through a process where they get curious around what what do our people want and what do we want, and all of those things and then once They get curious, they they really start investing those efforts to see what's going on, and they get agreement, but they're overt and say like unambiguous and they're like we want to go here do you want to come with us yeah and a lot of companies their owners are afraid to ask that question because they're afraid the answers will be no and they're gonna lose people but the truth is well let me just say this last thing the truth is they've already lost them
1: because they
2: might be there half-hearted and you'd rather have a few wholehearted than a million
1: yeah yeah and i and i think that what is Particular about the about our industry and the way that it's going, the companies that seem to be growing the fastest and um, and as a result look the most appealing are the ones that are running um, a subcontractor model, and you know so the the workers, mm-hmm. the painters themselves are are you know all subs in a lot of these instances, and when you talk to these owners, when they talk about their team. Uh, it's almost like they're isolating their, their sales team and their office staff from the subcontractors and it's two separate things. And the, the workers are the, the ones that are, you know, purely incentivized by money and money alone. And there is no greater connection to the, to the mission because it it doesn't matter. And, and there is, and there almost isn't an ability to convey like, this is our mission. This is what we're going after. It's almost, it, it's just, it's almost like you can't communicate that to, uh, that to the subcontractors because they're independent business owners and they're right. kind of treated as, you know, just com- like totally separate. Wow. And, and I, I'm worried about that. I I'm honestly worried about that in our industry. I think that it, is a short-term gain because they look at it and they're like, wow, these subs are painting fast. They're productive. We're making a lot of money. Um, but my big concern is that until it, unless there is a way and a path to connect the subcontractors, um, the workers, and let's just take out the, the you know, the fact that they're subcontracted, these are human beings until there's That's a right. way to connect them to the community of what you're establishing. I think that there's just going to be a lot of hectic energy that uh just just comes from that i I really believe that
2: yeah let's look at this one angle is so literally you know law and then you have a subcontractor you know and you're you're bringing in people as freelancers and um in a sense, I want to set that aside because that's just organizational structure. Making sure that if I'm an at will employee, that's different than if I show up at the job and uh, I'm, I'm for you know, there's a tax benefit and all the different dynamics that are going on mm-hmm. and you're 1099ing them. Uh, when those folks show up, you are, um, you want to go through the legal requirements of saying like, we're going to let you do the job the way that you think you need to do it. And that's and we all know the trade off come with that. But that that's just all. Doesn't speak at all care about the individuals work. Well, I actually work in our organization and we hire therapists and training and our coaching, how we coach people. Mm. And, um, so we have a, let's call it 13 uh, or 14 folks that we work with, uh, mental health professionals. They have their own practices or doing their own thing, but we have a, a really clear hierarchy of people who re- are committed to our mission and folks who are just kind of coming in and getting oriented. To the mission. They all have to have some interest in what we're doing. Um, but what if I want to get people to rise to the ranks of that hierarchy? I talk, and I talk about them. I turn the tables and get really clear. Like, what are your ambitions? Why did you want to work here? What yeah. what is it about? Is it just the paycheck? And because what you're describing, that dynamic of um, you know, mercenaries versus missionaries, you want to have people who are highly skilled who tend to be mercenaries because mm-hmm. they're they're gonna get the highest dollar, but you want believers, you want people who are all mm. in. So I want both. I want the highest, highest skilled people who give extraordinary capacity. I don't want to do that in a way where I have their heart too, because the heart is more important. If I get their heart, they can increase their capacity and skill. If I get their heart and they have that capacity and skill, they're going to be there because they believe in what we do. And mm. I'm not naive to the fact that that doesn't just happen because you want it. It takes work. It's labor to invest in your people. Yeah.
1: In yeah, totally. So, so then, so, so what's the evolution of this? Like if, if we're waking up, we're getting kind of our, our people, um, connected to what we're doing, like then what, therefore what?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we, at tell me your dreams. We run a, one of the products that we offer is called thermostat leaders and thermostat leaders is, a it's working with organizations that have employees, so- Employees or like just key people that they know. These people bleed the company's colors, and they um they can't afford to lose them. It's mission critical that if they could just have them six more months, eighteen more months, it would mm-hmm. make a massive difference to the future of the company. So they yeah. den- the company identifies who those people are, and we take them away like two and a half days, and in two and a half days. We um, we we feel special. We, we celebrate them. We support them. We do a lot of fun things, but ultimately, we declare this in the front end. Our interest is to get agreement with these these workers. To by the end of our time, we're going to ask them to um, make a three year commitment. Mm-hmm. And that three year commitment is a two way street. Where hey, look, if there is a, a economic crisis and we have to have a, a layoff, we have to do it. Or they're like they need to move on. To get it. but there's the intention is full disclosure. We want to see you as not just a worker, but a leader. No matter what level you are, you mm. could be, you know, uh, junior supervisor, uh, worker, even all the way to yeah. executive. But we we're drawing a circle around you and saying we want you to lead in every room you're in. And this is why we call thermostat leaders. The executive team or the head of the or the, the owners of the company, they can be every... As companies grow, they need kind of folks who really get what you're about, the DNA of the organization. Yeah. So what you want to do is deputize those people, and we take two and a half days to do it. And by the end of it, we literally have a... We get these challenge coins. We create these custom coins that we create mm-hmm. for uh, the folks who are invited. And you don't just get the coin because you came to the fancy retreat. You have to ask for it. And yeah. we say, look, if you ask for the coin... You get kind of a mini interview live, and if you say you're going to do this, you, you take the coin you, in, you shake hands. They get the coin they walk with and then part of something. Yeah. They also get a fun drinking game now because the way challenge coins work is, if Torlando, you and I go to war and we both get a challenge coin together, mm-hmm. and I show up ten years later and I tap the the bar and you don't have your coin, you're buying and if if i tap the bar (laughs) if i tap the bar and you have the coin then then i buy Uh, (laughs) it's it's a lot of fun connective stuff here but the bigger thing is you're inviting them to volunteer their heart yeah to to actually i'm in and there's a lot of different ways to do that that's just one of them but finding a mechanism for first waking up second looking for ways like where are there gaps in our commitments to each other and My commitment to you, your commitment to us, what we're doing together. And then third, asking for agreement. Asking to say, Mm -hmm. look, we're going to go somewhere new. We're going to do that in a way that you are going to get better and we're going to get better as we consistently do this. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even though it it feels like the same work every day, it gets increasingly meaningful when you're doing it with a kind of a a bonded group of hearts saying we're going to we're taking this hill together over and yeah. over again. And if you're really smart, you build an in incentives so that everyone benefits as the company gets better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That is so cool. Dane, uh, this has been a phenomenal conversation. I'm, uh, so grateful for you being on, um, where can I, where can I send folks to learn more about you and, and, uh, tell me your dreams.
2: Sure. Uh, you know, one, uh, I tell me your is the organization that I lead. Um, we do a lot of other fun things too. Uh in fact, I have a little website um called askdane.com. So if individuals want to access a they're welcome to just um, buy video, walkie-talkie, somewhere between like uh Snapchat and um Slack. But it's a really cool environment. Just come on, and say hi, askdane.com. Um but bottom line, I'm easily found too at Dane Sanders all over the place. But the bigger thing is, man, take a page uh, from Torlando and decide right now, regardless of what you talk to me, decide that you're going to own what it means to lead. Own what it means to lead. Uh, yeah. I think the folks that are like, I'm so pleased to be on the show and I'm so impressed with all that you're doing, man. We need leaders. We're at a deficit, and leadership is fragile. We need a new round every season, and the question is, who is it going to be that shows up? And if it's not, if it's not you, then who? And if it's not now, then when? Yeah. And if it's not this, then what? So let's get after it. We need more of this, and we need it now.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Dane. Thank you so much for being on the show. Certainly. All right, there we have it, folks. Dane Sanders with tellmeyourdreams.com. Uh great conversation. I um, you know thinking about what yeah, what we what I just went through. <laughs> I <clears throat> look back at certain moments in in my business career where i feel like i didn't have a healthy a healthy integration with my team whether that was the business that i was running or where i was where i was employed um i think that it really does come down to those things that was talking about just this this having that wake up moment where you realize this this is not sustainable i cannot i cannot keep doing this and I want to reiterate that that challenge that he said to just pause and think if you right now might be the one that needs to wake up. Uh, you know, every now and then I'll see these, you know, conversations, these things, you know, these posts, these things that people say and it's just like, oh no, buddy. It's not it's not other it's not other folks that have the problem. I I, I think it's <laughs> I think you you got to stare in the mirror and and I and I <clears throat> got to remind myself that um great conversation. Um I uh will definitely be looking to Dane as a as a resource and guide in my life. Um, this show and other shows of, uh, of Paint Ed can be seen and heard and listened to on PCA Overdrive. Um, and you can also subscribe on iTunes and Google Play and Spotify, anywhere that you're listening to your podcast, make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss an episode of Paint Ed. Um, so grateful to our guests, so grateful for the PCA And uh, until next time, my name is Torlando, and this has been
0: Paint Ed. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.